Welcome to Public Domain Video Theater presented by the great detectives of old time radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. This has been a very tricky video to get to you. We've had orders, trips to Best Buy, all sorts of good stuff just to get this ready uh, for you to watch and for us to commentate on. I hope it proves to be worth the wait. It's an episode of Richard Diamond, Season 1, Episode 10, The Pete Rocco Case, originally aired on television September 9th of 1957. It was based on a radio play that aired on uh, Richard Diamond, October 4th, 1950, and it was episode 2261 of The Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. It is also posted uh, on YouTube as well. If you've not listened to that, you may want to, as we'll kind of discuss some of the differences after the episode. Let's go ahead and watch the 1957 take on the Pete Rocco case. Detective. Starring David Jansen. Like everyone else, I scanned the morning headlines. When I saw Pete Rocco's picture staring up at me from page one, I knew my day was made. I guess Rocco was offended by a few things I said at his trial. Now, you can't please all the people all the time. I had been too upset by Rocco's constant threats as long as he was on a 20-year paid vacation as the house guest at the taxpayers. But now it looked like Rocco was going to pay me a little social call. Since the police were looking for him, I figured the best thing to do was just sit tight. I was about to phone Mac at headquarters to find out how they were doing when... You diamond... That's right. Sit down. No, thanks. Well, can I offer you an old cat to drown or something? Very funny. He's a very funny guy. Well, thank you very much. Now, while you have hysterics, I'll sit down. Do you mind? I'm Danny. Danny Rocco, Pete's brother. Well, looking for a piece of cheese? I found one. Get your hat. Move. I seldom argue with a bad man with a big bulge in a big coat pocket. It's a pacifist in me. I was led to a car, and being company, I was allowed to drive. Danny gave me an address on Mulberry Street. 
I didn't argue. Diamond inside. Oh, it's so nice out here. I think I'd rather stay out of here. Move. Sweet shop. Cute? Yeah, I own it. Inside, too. Do you always drag your customers in this way? Now, you took a big chance leaving this place to come get me, Daniel. I tend to want some crook pill for Jabonba. Shut up. You? I don't like that kind of talk. Oh, you must be Mr. Dartmouth. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yes, ma'am. How nice of you to come. Uh, Daniel, stop looking so mean. You know, I don't like you to frown. Now, you're going back and feed Tippy. Oh. Daniel. Tippy's our parakeet. She won't let anyone feed her but Daniel. Isn't that nice? And this is Tina. Tina's a friend of Tippy's. I see. My, but you're very young, Mr. Diamond. I expected you to be much older. Well, to tell you the truth, ma'am, I'm a lot older than I expected to be. Well, didn't Daniel tell you why I wanted to see you? Uh, not exactly. Oh, that Daniel. Well, won't you please sit down? Or perhaps you'd rather go in back where we could be more comfortable. Uh, no. I might upset Tippy. Huh? Yeah, here. How about here? Huh? Here. As you wish. Mr. Diamond, uh, I believe you know my son, Peter. Well, we had a run-in, as you must know, Mrs. Rocco. Yes. You sent him to jail. Oh, don't think I hold that against you. I tried to raise my boys the best way I knew how. Peter and Daniel had every chance for success. Then Peter failed me. Peter killed a man. Well, this is all very interesting, Mrs. Rocco, but just why did you send for me? Because you're the one who sent him to prison. The police didn't catch him. You did. Now, Peter's free again. Free to kill again. And that's not right, Mr. Diamond. I want you to find him and put him right back where he belongs. Behind bars. I see. I don't hold with violence, Mr. Diamond. I'll pay you your usual fee. But find him. Find Peter before there's more violence done. Find him, Mr. Diamond. Daniel! You want I should get you something, Ma? Daniel, I want you to be a good boy and dive Mr. Diamond downtown. Oh, dear. You haven't said whether or not you'll take the case. Uh, well, I... Uh... Ma would like for you too, Diamond. Thank you so much. Daniel, you're looking mean again. Ah, oh, Ma. It's been so nice meeting you, Mr. Diamond. I'll be expecting to hear from you soon. Uh, yeah, let's go, Diamond. Goodbye. Danny, how do you feel about this? Ma wants you to find Pete. What Ma wants, I want. Okay. Look, you drive the stand, look. Yeah. You can drop me at the fifth precinct. That's all right. You don't have to go in with me.
be in there somewhere. Keep looking. Yeah? Set him right in. Hello, Mac. Where you been? I called you ten times this morning. Hey, Riker, how about this guy, huh? I could be dead. He sits there trying to reach me by phone. Couldn't be dead is right. You know about Rocco. I got that from the horse's brother's mouth. Now, I'll explain it to you later. You know, you'd be a lot safer if you were still on the force. There's safety in numbers. Badge numbers. Now, don't soft-soak me, Lieutenant. When I was on the force, you bawled me out twice a day. Now, I only drop around once a day. It's easier on my psyche. Mm-hmm. Now, tell me, Mr. Diamond, how does your psyche feel about Pete Rocco being in New York? Now, that's a leading question. Now, be serious. He said at the trial he'd get you. Now he's back. He might just make a try for you. You sure he's in New York? Riker? He's here, all right. He was spotted early this morning by a stoolie. Besides, it figures. He took 20 grand from that bookie before he killed him. By the time you caught up with him, he'd already stashed it. We never could get him to say where. Chances are he's back here to dig up the loot, settle a few old scores, and then head south. And you think I'm an old scorer, huh? Well, suppose Pete had one of his buddies pick up the loot. He's going to meet him somewhere else, huh? Mm-mm. Pete's not the type to trust many people with 20 grand. Well, what about this wormy little character who used to hang around Pete? What was his name? Macy. Elmer Nacy. I've got half of my boys out looking for him now, but it seems he's gone in hiding, too. Now, I know you're not going to like this, Rick, but I think I'd better assign a couple of boys to you for, for protection. <laughs> now, no, I know how you feel about it, but be sensible. Listen to reason. That's some reason, Mac. You know, I had to hire you as a publicity agent. You know, that's all I need to do is run to the cops for protection. It gives my business a lot of respect. Suit yourself. You want respect? The dead usually get it. I'll thank you very much for your optimism, Lieutenant. While you plan the funeral, I'll go find Elmer Nation. I told you, half my boys are out looking for him now. But the people I deal with wouldn't give you boys the time of day. Are you dealing with crooks again? Now, Mac, I deal in them, not with them. Oh, when you order the wreath, would you make it a white one? You know, for the pure soul I might have been if I'd stayed on the force with you. I'll see you later, Riker. A private detective is only as good as his contacts, and I have a wide range of acquaintances. Now, when you're looking for a character like Elmer Nacy, you don't go to Park Avenue. I spent most of the afternoon making the rounds of the Richard Diamond Lower social register, and it was getting dark before I got a lead. One of my more reliable contacts had seen Elmer Nacy that day and told me where he was staying. Nacy? Who is it? This is Richard Diamond. Go away. Now you're ten bucks richer if I come in. I don't want your money. Beat it before I call the cops. I'll go ahead and call them. Now, if you don't, I will. Now, they want you, Elmer. Now, you open up the door before I tell them where to find you. You're a perfect toast, Elmer. What do you want here, Diamond? I'm doing a layout for House Beautiful. I guess I got on the wrong turn. You sure did. I got nothing you want. Now, maybe you have. Elmer, do you know where he is? No. Then how do you know who I'm talking about? But it figures. Petey's out and you're scared. Now, where is he? You asked that once. I can get very monotonous, Elmer. And the third time I ask a question, I use my fist. Don't you lay a hand Not on me. Not one of them, Elmer, but two, unless I get some straight answers. You still talk her up. Don't turn around, Diamond. Oh, now, Petey, I didn't expect you in a place like this. You had more room in jail. Thanks for saving me the trouble. I was going to look for you later. 
Well, don't let me upset your plans. I'll leave and we'll make it later, all right? Now suits me fine, Diamond. Right now. You know, Diamond, I've waited a long time for this. Uh, you're just a patient type, Pete. What are you waiting for now, an audience? No. I'm thinking. You're going to kill him, Pete? No. Now I'm going to save him for my parting shot. You're going to be my dessert, Diamond. I'm going to get some rope. You're going to hang him, Petey? No. We're going to take the rope and Diamond. Blow this joint. If you can find us here, the cops might. Hurry it up. We'll find us a nice, quiet place where we won't be disturbed, Diamond. Now, there are a lot of cops looking for you, Pete. Yeah? Uh-huh. But seeing you here gives me an idea. Turn on the desk lamp. Diamond. Be it ever so humble, I wish I was somewhere else. I'm going to get that chair. Well, now, why can't I sit right over there behind the desk? It's much more comfortable. Here, well, you can't reach nothing. Time up tight, Elmer. Oh, Petey, take care of him now. Then we can blow town. Shut up. We don't leave New York till I get the word it's all clear to pick up the money. I'll get to work. You know, Diamond, after you picked me up, I had a rough time. All through that trial, I didn't know what they was going to throw at me. Life? Or the chair? I just had to wait and sweat it out. Well, that's what you're going to do. Sweat. You're going to sit there and... And when you least expect it, I'm going to put three slugs through your head. Yeah, right through the head. Is there an echo in here? Hey, you take my gun, I'll keep diamonds. And watch this guy like a hawk, Elmer. You ain't going out, are you, Petey? Yeah. I got to check my contact. But you might be spotted. Shut up. Five years I've been taking orders. Now I do what I want. You just see diamonds here when I get back. I get delayed, I'll call. I'll let it ring twice, then hang up. Then I'll call right back. Don't answer that phone unless it rings twice first. Remember that. Okay, Petey. Yeah. Sweat, Diamond. When how long I'll be gone, or when I'll be back. Or once I am back, how long I'll stay. You're gonna get it, pal. But you won't know when. Now, Diamond. It's just you and me. Romantic, isn't it? You know, I heard you were a pretty bright boy. But you ain't so smart. I'm going to enjoy watching Petey take care of you. Well, now, just what's your angle in this, oh? What's in it for you? Petey's cutting me in on that 20 grand. If he ever gets around to picking it up. Well, who's got it? How do I know? Pete's got to wait for the all-clear signal. Well, from whom, Alma? Now, who's picking it up? Who's in the deal besides you and Pete? Don't know. And if I did, I wouldn't tell a square diamond like... Well, now, why don't you answer that, Elmer? It can't be Petey. Well, no, but it might be a prospective client for me. You just tell him I'm all tied up. Ah, we'll let it ring. I got ten bucks says it only rings once more. It's a bet. I owe you ten. Somehow, I don't think you'll pay. But that's all right, Elmer. I cheated. The phone service answers after the fourth ring. Eh, right now, that honey-coated voice is telling someone I'm not in. What honey-coated voice? Well, that's all I can tell you, Elmer. The only thing I know about the dame is what I hear from her, and that's never very personal. But, oh, that voice. You never met her? My one frustration in life. 
but I have hopes. Had hopes. Hey, you got a lot of nerve knocking my hotel room. This journey of yours is just as bad. Now, Elmer, it deceives the customers. They feel sorry for me and leave tips. What you got in the drawers? Anything worth stealing? Well, I don't know. You just take a look. meeting, sir. Anybody busting that door, and you'll get it first. Did you find anything interesting in the desk? Nothing worth taking. Say, what's that? Whose watch? I don't know. Looks expensive, though. I guess a customer dropped it. Yeah. Diamond. I have a flock of messages for you, Mr. Diamond. Yeah, well, hold them. They're not my type, Mr. Diamond. Marie, Betty, and Janice. Well, sweetheart, listen to me. I'm tied to a chair in my office. There's a small, irritating little man on the floor out cold. Are you tipsy? Yeah, slightly. If I tipsy anymore, I'll land right in my... Well, now, honey, now get this. Call Lieutenant Dennis McGough at the 5th Precinct and tell him to get over here right away. You got that? Yes, Mr. Diamond. Right away. I'll call the lieutenant right now. Now go away. So you're the guy who said he didn't need police protection, huh, Rick? Okay, Matt, rub it in. You think Pete'll come back here? Well, he said he would unless he's detained, then he'll call. How's the chin, Elmer? Uh, uh, uh. We better keep Nacy here. Do you think he knows where Pete went? No, Pete went to make a contact. Elmer's in the dark. We can only hope that he'll... That's Pete now. Call right back. Elmer, if you want to keep your teeth, you play this our way. Now, you pick up the phone and act as though nothing's happened. Go. And Elmer, if you slip, I'll guarantee they'll throw the book at you. Oh? Elmer? Yeah, I... Is this me? Of course, you dope. Who did you expect? Hey. Is anything wrong up there? Oh, no, Pete. No. Everything's fine. It is, huh? Huh? Well, take the phone over and hold the receiver in front of Diamond. I want to tell him something. Sure thing, Pete. He said... Hello, Pete. How long you been loose, pal? Oh, come again? Diamond, I left you in a chair clear across the room. The phone cord don't reset far. Well, Petey boy, you're getting a lot smarter. Too bad we have to postpone those three slugs in the head. But maybe later. Well, he won't be back here, Mac. Well, I guess I'll take Elmer down and book him. Okay, I'll check with you about Rocco later. You sure you don't want me to leave a couple of my boys near you? Now get out of here. All right, Elmer, come on. 
next day I started fresh, but by five that afternoon I wasn't fresh anymore. Now, New York's a big city, and I covered most of it, asking questions but getting nowhere fast. I'd skipped lunch, and I wanted to forget about Pete Rocco for half an hour. So I went to the lunch counter for a quick bite. Yeah, but then I really couldn't forget Pete. Nor his strange, sweet-faced mother who hired me to put her son back in jail. Have you been waiting long, sir? Uh, just ages. I'm sorry, sir, but I'm new here. Yeah. What do you have? Oh, you named Diamond. And potatoes. Grant. Diamond, your phone Gail said I could find you here. Oh, no. Don't tell me, Danny. I know Ma wants you should bring me. Not this time, but I got to talk to you. Danny boy, you look hungry. Can I get you a bowl of nails? Look, never mind the cracks. I always gag it up when I get upset. And your big brother upset me plenty. Oh, yeah, I already picked you up. I'm glad you got away. Uh, just how'd you hear about it? From Pete. He called me himself. Now, I know where we can locate him. Go on. Well, he's coming over to the store about 8 o'clock tonight. I took Ma over to visit a neighbor lady so she'd be out of the way. Tonight's your chance, Diamond. It's 10 minutes to 8. I hope he isn't watching the shop. He ain't. He trusts me. Yeah. Well, that's fine. From here in the back. Here. Uh, maybe you better turn the lamp on. I don't want you to miss it. Yeah. Now, I wouldn't do that, Mr. Diamond. Daniel. Mr. Diamond would like a gun, too. Yeah, Mom. Here, Diamond. One little gun coming up. Catch it. It's yours, but like your head, it's empty. Now, Daniel, don't be rude. Mr. Diamond's our guest. That's the gun that Pete took from you earlier. Well, thank you very much, Danny, but uh, why? Look over there, Mr. Diamond. This. Well, there goes my fee. This was Peter's gun. Daniel's going to use this gun on you, Mr. Diamond. Yeah, then I'll plant the gun at Pete's hand and the police will think you shot each other. So you were Pete's contact, huh? You had the 20 grand all the time. You're real good at figuring things out, ain't you, Dan? Well, you're never going to make this work, Danny. The police aren't going to fall for a phony setup like this. Why not, Mr. Diamond? Everybody knows that Peter didn't feel very friendly towards you and vice versa. No, this is the best way. With you and Peter dead, Daniel and I will get all the money. Now I'm going to leave you alone with Daniel, Mr. Diamond. I don't like to see violence. Wait a minute, Ma. Did I forget something, Daniel? Yeah, you forgot something. You forgot your only plan at being my mother. When I hired you for this job, I didn't think it was going to go to your head the way you start bossing me around. 
And besides, you know, to make us a nice clean job, I don't want any witnesses. So you'll just have to join Pete and Diamond. Lieutenant McGough, 5th Precinct. I'm sorry about the violence. I usually try to keep my customers happy. Mac, this is Diamond. Hey, you better get over to the Rocco Sweet Shop right away. Oh, bring an ambulance. Yeah, a nice old lady has a present for you. 20 grand and a box of candy. Hey, what's your favorite kind, Mac? She's got real good all-day suckers. Yeah. Welcome back. There are quite a few things to comment on this episode. Notable here is the appearance of Charles Bronson. Very early in his career, before he established that uh, tough guy image, he was far from his peak. The next year, he would actually be given his own mystery series over ABC called Man with a Camera, which we'll probably play at least an episode or two of. And the episode largely works both in tone and style because I think David Jansen's definitely become, at this point in season one, more comfortable in the role of Diamond, particularly the use of humor, and Diamond as a man who laughs in the face of danger, even if he doesn't sing about it later. And he has some good lines and great delivery throughout the episode. And that really does bring me to the problem with the episode. Which I may spend more time on than it deserves, but it involves the way the uh, episode was changed from the radio version. In the radio version, the mother was the genuine article. She really hired Diamond. And in addition to that, she had raised her children to be good boys, but to be criminals, not criminals who actually did physically harm to people. In the episode finale is her shooting her son after he'd shot Pete and threatened to kill Diamond. And even though there's a moral to the story about, I guess, if you raise your children to behave badly, you may not be, uh, be able to control how far they go. Diamond really did like her, and you feel at least a little bit of sympathy for her. 
Now, I can see some reasons why aspects of the story might have been changed. One thing about television is that it can often be a more visceral medium. Now, let's be clear with sound effects, radio can, in some cases, top television by using suggestive effects that really create a very disturbing image. These were not generally being used in the 1950s. And there's a different impact to hearing a bullet sound and actually seeing a character shoot her son on screen. I could understand why a network censor said, no, you can't do that. The problem is that we end up with something that's somewhat ludicrous when Dan announces, I hired this woman to pretend to be my mother. And this raises so many questions. Like, why did you hire her to pretend to be your mother to hire Diamond? And if it was some way to hide his own involvement, particularly from his own brother who might be going hunting for Diamond at any time, why did he not have the woman go to Diamond's office or accompany her to Diamond's office rather than leading Diamond away at uh, gunpoint. As she also didn't say that she had raised them to be criminals, this didn't make sense. It was part of the joke in the radio episode. Now you're just left with a non sequitur. Plus, if the mother was fake, was the candy store also fake? So while I can understand the reason for the uh, rewrites, the actual changes that were made during the course of this are baffling, to say the least. Well, that's all for now. Join us back here next time for another episode of Public Domain Video Theater. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. And if you like these videos, you can become one of our patrons at patreon.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.